Hi, this is Bridge Colby, and I'm a principal at the Marathon Initiative. And this is Tom Shugart. I'm a adjunct senior fellow at the Center for New American Security and a former Navy submarine officer. Great. Well, Tom, uh, I'm excited because you have a really important new study out from the Lowy Institute uh, in Australia called Australia and the Growing Reach of China's Military. I really commend this study to everyone's attention. And I think the biggest you know, bottom line takeaway for me is that people are not adequately appreciating that China is becoming a power projection military, not just an anti-access area denial military. I wonder if you could talk a little bit about that. Uh, thanks, Bridge. Uh, yeah, the Lowy Institute asked me to take a look as an analyst of the PLA about what, what the future of the PLA, based on their trajectory of where they might be going, uh, could mean for Australia's national security. And I really did try to enter the, the review with, uh, I don't know, major preconceptions and just to, to look at something I hadn't looked at that closely, which is how specifically would the PLA's development and potential power projection capability uh, threaten Australia in the future. And the kind of the three big things I came up with was was that it, it does seem pretty clear to me that, that China's military development is not defensive in nature. It just can't be given its scale. Uh, and that it is, if you really look at the numbers, and I hadn't, I hadn't done a lot of those calculations until I started working on this, it really is the greatest expansion of maritime and aerospace power, you know, really since the 600-ship Navy effort in the U.S. in the 1980s. That's, and it's most obvious in their long-range missile force, their bomber force, and their Blue Water Navy. Now, while I'd say for now, Australia's defense interests and their territorial integrity are pretty, pretty safe and unthreatened, mainly because of their ongoing and very close and you know, awesome uh, alliance with the United States. In the future, if there was a case where the United States left the region uh, willingly or otherwise uh, because of the efforts of the PLA, it, there could be the possibility of coercion of Australia by the, by the Chinese PLA. And I do think that while that prospect of military action is remote, uh, you know, China really does have the military industrial potential to have a power projection capability, nothing like anybody's seen in the region other than from the U.S. Uh, since the Second World War. Now, Bridge, I know that you've been looking clearly very closely at the China challenge and, and you've got a book coming out soon. How, how do you look at the, the where things are headed in the region? Great. No, thanks. I think it's actually really complementary with your, with your important study. It's called The Strategy of Denial American Defense in an Age of Great Power Conflict. And it'll be out, uh, at least in the U.S., in the middle of September. I hope people find it of interest and in, in use. And I think, I think you're right, Tom. I mean, you know the, the, the military analysis far better than I do. But I think, if anything, you're, 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 you're sort of softening the punch. I mean, I think, you know, the future uh, in a military planning context is now. Right. I mean, as, I think, as you point out in your in your really important testimony before the Senate Foreign Relations Committee a couple of months ago, you know, the Chinese now are fielding forces that that they planned 10, 15 years ago and are coming into the force. Now, a lot of our stuff that we've been talking about since the third offset strategy isn't going to come into the force until the 2030s. So we have a 2020s problem. And given how long it takes to build military forces, you know, we have to address this problem now. And I think with my book, what I'm really trying to do is grapple with this problem forthrightly and clearly. And I think one of the key things you point out in your study, Tom, is that, you know, capabilities are real and intentions can change. And I think, you know, I mean, I think I think we shouldn't underestimate China's incentives to use military force for for uh, for coercive effect. I mean, obviously, they have irredentist claims against Taiwan, but I think not only against Australia, but against Philippines, Vietnam, Japan, South Korea, all of these countries are going to already feeling the shadow of Chinese coercion in economic and political context. But once the Chinese have a military 
that's able to do that. And if they achieve military superiority over the United States, they'll have a military option. We are in a much, much, much worse world, whether we're Americans, Japanese, Australians, or what have you. And so in my book, basically, I'm trying to grapple with what's the military and defense strategy that we need to get this right. And it's fundamentally a strategy of denial, which is to say, both at the geopolitical level, our shared goal among countries that, that fear this should be to deny China hegemony over the region. And that requires a stable and favorable balance of power. And then at the military level, it's also a strategy of denial, which is to say our goal together should be to deny China's ability to succeed in whatever it's trying to do, its theory of victory against a given target, against Taiwan, that might be invasion, against Philippines in, in five, 10 years, maybe it might be the use of such military force that it will bring Manila to heel, et cetera, et cetera. And so that's the kind of the logic that I'm trying to, uh, to, to work out in the book. And I think, you know, what disturbs me, Tom, uh, and I'm, I'm hoping that your study helps to rectify this, is that I think a lot of the discussion about Asia and China sort of presumes that things will continue to progress in a kind of incremental way, that things won't have dramatic shifts. And I think that's a mistake. I think the work that you're doing about China's military, uh, the growth of Chinese military power, the way China's behaving, suggests that we may get to a point in a couple of years where Beijing decides that the overt use of military force is a good idea. And people say, well, Bridge, you're exaggerating. I always point out how many people thought the United States would invade Iraq in, say, 1990 you know, or 1989. It's pretty unimaginable. So I think together, hopefully, our work uh, will, will get people to grapple with these problems precisely to an, avoid that bad outcome, whether that's war or a Chinese-dominated region. Uh, so uh, thanks to everybody for listening in. And with that, we'll, we'll close, the, close the show. Thanks, Bridge. It's been great chatting. Take care.